0: Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for Garage Guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garageguys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to-go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders, $30 or more. And use
1: promo code garageguys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about Promo code Garage Guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine-in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. It's the Garage
0: Guys NASCAR podcast. We are breaking down the NASCAR championship weekend at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, This is is the end of, of, of the uh, the road 2023 uh for the season we'll have some more stuff to come but for now we've got to unpack what went down talk about some of the the stories that have grown around the uh the end of the twenty twenty three season and of course Ryan Blaney's championship win Ross Chastain's race win so much to dive into I'm Chase Holden I'm joined as always with Dale Tanhart uh dale i know that we we have talked a little bit between the sunday of the championship race the the big finale and now but there's been a lot of things that have kind of come together over the last two days how has uh how is, has how's life been how is uh how, how are you feeling now that the season is finally
1: over yeah it's been a good year great season in the books in uh, nascar and um, I don't know. It's, it's, it feel like it never really ends from a standpoint of just continuing content right now. We still got to discuss kind of what we're going to do with the pod in the off season, but, um, I guess you guys kind of stay tuned. Great year. Ryan Blaney, deserving champion, got hot at the right time and was just lights out in the final six or seven races. So Blaney's a champion cup gonna miss kevin harvick um that was pretty emotional at the end of that race i kind of hated that it didn't get the tv coverage i guess like you know earlier on um in the broadcast but nbc did like it did kind of have a lot to work with there because you had ross chastain win the race ryan blaney win the championship and kevin harvick's last race like they had he kind of had to do a lot with that, so it is what it is. But it was cool seeing all the extra moments on social media with everything that happened with Kevin Harvick and his family. And um, I'm going to miss him, but we got to realize he's not going anywhere. So it's uh, that's cool too that he's going to be an ambassador for the sport. And I really like what he said after that race. But all in all, the championship weekend was fun. Trucks was a disaster, still fun. Xfinity was of once again the standard for what natural stock car racing should be uh congrats to cole custer on the ship and then congrats to uh ben rhodes and his second championship in trucks so it's about time um that we've gotten to the off season I mean, it's it's been a long one but like i said it feels like it never really stops you know i feel like there's never really a break yeah. And there's a lot of racing that's, you know,
0: still happening. You can find just for the for the motorsports fans, the at, at heart, you know, there there's the Netflix is still on. Um, you still have a lot of short track stuff. Flow Racing's got things. Kyle Larson announced uh something today that had to do with uh he had, he had some casino stuff. That was going on. Well, it's the
1: high, isn't it? The high limits racing stuff. They announced a few things. I don't know what it is either, but that's his yeah. like dirt I'm gonna dive track. Dive into, but dig into it. I think that's cool. He's, uh,
0: you know, paying tribute to their uh, Chili Bowl coming up. A lot of a lot of racing will still be in the off season. It won't be NASCAR, but racing still rolls on. Um, I, I think that a, a great place for us to really start is let's just go through this thing uh, slowly and and really kind of dip into all the action starting on Friday with the Craftsman truck series, um, where we saw just probably one of the most absurd championship races. And and honestly, you know, I think it's easy to say the most absurd because that's what everybody's saying. I feel like it was truck racing, dude. Like I'm not even gonna front. It was truck racing. It's trucks. That's, that's that, that truck, was a
1: that's yeah, not what the truck series have is it. though. Trucks that was a ha- hundred times worse. That was a hundred times worse.
0: It was definitely not the kind of race you wanted for a championship. I'll say that. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised. Maybe that's the best thing to say. Like I wasn't surprised that it did lean into shit show. And maybe that has a lot to do with what a lot of people are talking about now about, you know, how things are going to need to kind of tighten up a little bit in that series moving forward. You know, you had people making comments and quotes about, you know, just the, I think Grant Infinger said it himself, talking about, you know, just inexperience and and things like that out there. I mean, like uh, it's all recipes for chaos, but there were definitely more uh, targeted thing. I think that's a good word. There were a lot of targeted uh, things that went down in that race, starting with the the, the biggest shakeup that that kicked it all off was with Carson Josevar getting behind Corey Haim, kind of taking some of the air off of his back bumper. I remember watching it, just seeing Josevar getting uh, on that left corner, rear corner of his truck, knowing like, what's coming. And I also had Stuart Friesen top five in betting, and he just happened to slingshot right up in old Stuart. So that was tough. Um, I did have the Grant and Finger to Win uh, ticket. Uh, I, st- I stayed stand firm with that. Uh, and the way that everything shook out before uh, Corey Heim decided to uh, go balls to the wall, maybe a little ball with the ball on Carson, getting him back. Um, You know, things were great, but then everything fell apart. But it all came back together with the Ben Roach championship because it's now Benny Two time, and we got another drunk press conference from him talking about how dinosaurs weren't real, burping, all kinds of shenanigans, uh, everything that that we know and love about Benny Rhodes, uh, you know, came to light. So that was kind of the silver lining. But there, there's a lot to to dice up between uh, the beginning of where uh, Josevar got into Haim and where Benny Rhodes did his jam and got another championship. And I think this is a good time. I want to hear what you have to say about it because
1: I haven't really talked to you about it. Yeah, we had a a pretty good live stream for the race, and my I know my reactions were off the chain, but no, it was um it was disgraceful. It was disgraceful. the whole The whole thing was, and from the betting standpoint, like it was fun. I think even as like, it's difficult because of the betting part here. Because like, as disgraceful as it was for NASCAR, like it was still kind of fun. It was still kind of like it's truck racing. It was suspense, but that is not that to me. It's going to give the series a bad rap that it doesn't deserve. Like, you have moments like that happen, right? Like, you have moments. That was not a moment. That was a collection. That's the difference here is like you have those moments of calamity. And as I like to say in iRacing, slap dickery, like slap dick racing, slap dick race car drivers. Like, that's what it was and I like Carson Hossivar but that was a that was a slapdick move like straight up and <clears throat> i kind of and the cameras pointed at him cuz every all the champ four drivers have the onboard cameras looking at him and he's pouting in the car like frustrated or whatever and a lot of a lot of people including uh, like cup drivers xfinity drivers think that that was just an act right like it it gets to a point where Carson's done that so many times intentional or not intentional pushing too hard i don't like there's no way you can validate it it's not yeah like, you can't feel bad for him in that spot so that's it's almost what started harder. it
0: i would just say re- really quick to interrupt you it's almost better what what got me the most about that was like it, with the amount of times he's done it it's like you he kind of clipped his balls uh in that moment because I w- I remember I was I was in Indianapolis whenever I was watching this and I was watching this with a uh, with big Indycar guy David Land and he he was just having a field day watching the truck race. I'll have to explain more about that. I forgot to even tell you about that. So he he uh you know he's we're watching it all go down or whatever and I I I just looked at him and I looked at the, our other guy Luke that was with us there and I said I said if I'm Carson Hosovar at this moment I'm just saying, well, he needed to get the fuck out of the way. Like that. That's what I'm saying at this point. Like, I'm going to be a complete asshole and I'm going to own it. You've done it enough. You're going into cup. It's like if if you're going to do that, like, you know what happens when you get that close and you know the location that you're in, you you know enough to know. And so it's like for him to to like recluse into this, you know, all around me are familiar face, like that kind of shit. Like that's really was just disappointing to me because he just went to press mode when he should have just went full throttle and just been an ass about it because at least he would get all that hate and shit but he would just be like fuck it he'd have an identity around it who knows what would have happened because like how many incidents have we seen like that one that first happened in the beginning we've seen a lot of those yeah and
1: carson carson's been a, a part of a lot of them himself yeah, but I think that was his natural. I do think that was his natural reaction because when he got hit back, when Corey Heim got the payback on him, he was like, "Me." Imme- I think his first response to the radio was, "That's fair," you know, like yeah. just. And Carson had a legit shot to still win that championship with the, I, well, not at that point. There was two laps to go, and then that, then everything went to hell. But no, I mean, even in that moment, he in post race interview he was like, "Yeah, that was fair." I mean, yeah, I messed up and um i just think you just can't validate the mistakes anymore because it it points to erratic racecraft and that that's where the problem is and uh what Corey heim did what i think was shitty too and that right there (laughs) yeah what that right there is not chuck series racing that's nascar and what I said was, like, don't blame the drivers. Like, yeah, you can blame Carson because he has a history of it, but that's a NASCAR problem because payback is not exclusive to the truck series in this format. Payback is, is NASCAR. You've seen paybacks in Cup and Xfinity that sent shockwaves, in particular, Matt Kenseth, uh, Penske deal with, with Joey Logano. So... That's not exclusive to trucks. And that's what I wanted people to, to realize. And yeah, I am going to defend the truck series. I do think, as I said earlier, the best way to summarize it all is yeah, the truck series has moments of tomfoolery that's that's over the top. They have moments, not collections. And the payback deal with Corey Heim is equally as disgraceful and But also, it's not exclusive to the truck series. We've seen that happen in all of NASCAR. And shit, I I just thought of another one, in ARCA, which you can say whatever. ARCA back, I think it was Scott Speed and Ricky Stenhouse that decided a championship in the ARCA series 12, 13, 14 years ago. So it's not exclusive to the truck series. It's a NASCAR problem overall. And I think our cup drivers know that. Like, the further down the ladder you go, it gets less respectful more disrespectful but at the same time it's a cumulative problem that i think is gaslighted by our championship system 1000 percent. and you know i know matt Kenseth got suspended Corey heim got fined for this one and lost a spot in the championship standings but there's just it just seems like there's a precedent that your punishment's not going to be that severe now What's interesting to think about is in that truck race, if Corey Haim had won the title, what would have happened then? You know, because he got fined. Well, I don't know what it was—twenty-five points, twelve thousand dollars. That's nothing. Yeah, twelve um, five and twenty. But like, if you know that, what happens then if he wins the title? Ben Rose and Infinger both crash. Ben Rose did crash basically, and somehow held on to that truck for a top five and and held off Grant, but. It was so possible for the other two guys to wreck. Corey Haim could have finished ninth or tenth and won the title after the intentional wrecking. So then, it, oh my God, I'm glad he didn't win because the can of worms that would be opened up with that would be you just put NASCAR, not them. NASCAR would be putting themselves in a difficult spot because stuff like this I feel like doesn't happen nearly as often without this playoff format.
0: Yeah, I and. Like I said, it's, I think it's just emotions, man. It, it it varies, and and you're gonna have people that go through that, and it's just about learning how to manage those along the way. And the you know, hey, with the truck series, in my eyes, the way that I see it, and I think I think a lot of people will agree, you know, it is it is not the lowest series. Arc is kind of its own deal. So if you look at it in NASCAR, it's definitely more of a developmental type series and like those things are okay but i love what you did say about how that's not just the truck series that's nascar is like the retaliation part so that is definitely important another thing that i wanted to bring up uh with this race that i did see that was some news uh has to do with and i haven't really heard much about it because we've had a lot of stories that have kind of piled on top since then, but I remember Jeff Gluck was talking about how they had they NASCAR realized they messed up the restart line um, at, at that at the race that night and they changed it for Xfinity and Cup. So they moved it back on November the 4th, but that was
1: just added to the pot of shame.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it was just look, this is a this is a, a, a minor setback for a major comeback for the Craftsman Truck Series, for NASCAR, for everybody going into next year. I, and that's the the pro about this, right, is that when these kind of things happen and, and you have a lot of people just kind of like, yeah, we just want to forget about that, that's great. You've got a whole nother year coming up in 2024 to redeem. And so it's just up to everybody that's out there that are fielding those trucks, all those teams, everybody that's working in that series, it's up to them to build it back, and I, and I really do believe that they can, and I think that they're going to take that very seriously going into next year. So I do feel good about what changes may come in the Craftsman Truck Series as far as just, uh, you know, uh, drivers and teams and everybody kind of working together to be a little bit better.
1: Yeah, and not just the drivers and teams, but officiating. Officiating yeah. in that series is – I, I don't know. I'm not – I try to play this – this role is someone who doesn't complain a lot um, unless you watch my I race extremes and see me bitch about the drivers on there, but no acting. Yes. No, I think, I think that. I, I don't know if there's anybody that's complained more about the officiating, in the truck series more than me, you know, um, r- rain comes and there's no effort to even want to drive the track. It's just all about getting the hell out of there. You know, that's, we can't forget about that at Martinsville. That's sad. And then they had another race. Daytona was like that. Daytona was a little more understandable. I was there, wouldn't stop misting. But there's like this impacts championships. This impacts potential career trajectories when you postpone races halfway, when the officiating is so bad that it creates massive influence on an outcome for a race. And I think with the truck series, had several races this year that were very, very poorly officiated. And that's not what you need in a developmental series where our future stars are, are in this series. And like I said, their career trajectories in a cup or Xfinity, uh, they can be affected by some of these poor officiating uh, calls and, and decisions. And people might be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, I I just, I believe in butterfly effect type of shit. (laughs) And I know that's like a, that's a really high scale thing to say when it comes to, you know, one bad race, one badly officiated race, but it's multiple times. I mean, multiple times this year, we've had really, really bad officiating in that series. And I've noticed it every single time because I've watched every single truck race, uh, in in 2023 and in in the past couple years so you know i I am optimistic though because as you said i I think this right here something like this could open eyes you know and a mistake like that piling on with the restart zone could find could be a last straw and be like all right guys what the fuck's going on which that also has something to do with the racetrack too when it comes to phoenix but all in all i love the truck series it's exciting it's fun it's probably our future stars And for the most part, and yeah, they've got some work to do to make it better, a better competition, just a better competition period. And that's it. But I enjoyed the season overall. Yeah. So on to the Xfinity series, uh,
0: Cole Custer champion, shout out to Cole. He, he is now embodied the role of stone cold, Steve Austin, or at least he thinks that he is. I'm not sure if I agree with it just yet, but you know, congrats. He got it done. Um, would, would have loved to seen, uh, old Justin Allgaier get out there and do it. But we all know that he is a staple of the Xfinity series at this point. Um, and he can always get out there and try to get it done again. So close for him. But this was the one race that I did not pay as much attention to. I didn't get to, I was heading back home, uh, stopped and swung through Nashville, went and checked out the, uh, the Nashville fairground speedway, which is a badass facility, by the way. Um, if anyone is listening to this, that has been there, you know, if not go check it out, they got like a, a fucking soccer field behind it. It's insane. There's nowhere in America. I feel like you can watch racing and have a soccer going on at the same time, but there. Um, so if there is, let me know, but I, I know that the Xfinity series, uh, holds a special place in your heart. And I'm excited to, to kind of move into, uh, paying a little more, attention to this series going into next year they got this big deal with the cw coming up um and and from everything that i've heard about this race everything that i kept up with on my phone it seemed like this race was really good and so i i just i'll turn it over to you to talk through this one
1: yeah it's crazy like the difference between your two quote-unquote minor league series you know like and the Xfinity series has had some clown show moments too. I mean, La- Martinsville was kind of bad with the RCR boys, and um, there have been some other moments this year that were also bad, where you're just like, this race is drunk. You just have a lot of wrecks. It's and it's a lot of youth, right? So, um, but this epitomized what a championship race should be like, and it's crazy too because, like, the Truck Series, when it comes to the NASCAR playoffs, you saw the Worst case scenario happened for this format with the truck series. And then to me, you saw a best case scenario with the Xfinity series. You know, I it's tough to beat 2021 be, because you literally had a photo finish to decide the title between Daniel Himrick and Austin Cindric. Very still. He's a one hit wonder. And, and people are like, that's a Mickey mouse title. That's fine. But when it comes to a climactic ending, that one is just impossible to beat. Like it's the only photo finish we've ever had at Phoenix. Oh, other than Kevin Harvick, Carl Edwards, twenty sixteen. But that's besides the point. This was top to bottom just a, an awesome race, and not just from the quality of racing and the racecraft and the ability to not turn it into a shit show, but also because the most deserving driver won the race and won the title, and that was Cole Custer. He had the best car. He had the best long run car. He made the best move on the restart when it felt like Niemicek panicked, when Allgaier kind of panicked. Cole Custer was calm, cool, collected. He got it done on every single front, and it was very exciting because coming to the white flag, you naturally had your top three in the championship, three wide, coming to the white flag. I mean, that's something. I jumped out of my seat when they went down the backstretch and Allgaier, Nemechek, Custer, three wide going into turn three. And Sam Mayer's right behind him. Sam Mayer was right behind him, furthest up he had been, basically, in that entire race. So, top to bottom, uh, not a lot of clown type of moments compared to what we saw in the truck series. Great natural racing, um, and, and an awesome finish, and a deserving champion, right? I think, like, if you want to compare it to the trucks, it's definitely Ben Rhodes was out of the four guys in the whole season, the least deserving champion because uh, he wasn't, he just wasn't as good throughout the whole season. You know, Cole Custer was one of the best three guys in Xfinity. Like you could have made an argument for either one of those guys in a season long, like a season long title as well. And it still ended up being exciting. And it was, it was a really fun race and just appreciate that we rebounded with a really strong, good, championship race and that's just what the xfinity series is you know you talk about it going to the cw which is a big time opportunity and a really unique deal that i don't know if we've seen ever with this branch off of this series and it's because the racing product is attractive it is in my opinion the most attractive in all of nascar it's the best swarm of stock car racing on planet earth this series and it's just and very very naturally uh good race car a, a very racy race car and similar to trucks like our future stars are are there and the racecraft is better collectively through the entire field and phoenix on saturday night was was the perfect encapsuling uh, of everything i just said it was a great championship race and yeah, uh you need to watch more of it. It's kind of, it's weird to me that you don't watch as much Xfinity series racing. It's it's always the standard of good natural stock car racing.
0: Yeah, I I definitely can understand that. I think the main thing for me is like that like I have one day uh that I really like focus on, you know, wife and the kid. And and that usually is my Saturday. So like that's where all my attention cuz it's like I know Sunday I'm going to be watching cup and I'm going to be covering the cup series every now and then on a Friday, I'll get to catch the truck series, but like Saturdays, like that, that's why, like you telling me Cole Custer was good all year. Like I had no clue. And that's, uh, cause I remember in the beginning of the year going to some of these races, you know, when I'm at the race during a race weekend, I'm, I'm keeping up, you know, I'm paying attention, but when we have the years where we're not at as many tracks, you know, I'm, I'm taking that Saturday and I'm going to do something with them so it's it's just carving out the time yeah yeah no it's just carving out the time for it but i know going into next year like because i i hear the same thing from you that i hear from a lot of people about how this is the best product that they have right now in nascar and see for me personally you know i can't i can't stand up against that because all i really know is cup so to me like cup is you know that it has its ups and downs, but it's still exciting and and I think that that's fair to say. But it, yeah, I just can't I can't sit here and 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 compare the two because if I'm not giving a hundred percent attention to it, then I'm I'm not I'm
1: just not going to do that. So yeah, no, that's fair.
0: Year, going in and, and
1: look, there is a I do want to say there is still you're talking about Cole Custer. There's gonna be a Mickey Mouse. <laughs> there's gonna be a Mickey Mouse thing. A a Mickey Mouse narrative with him because he did win that Chicago race. That was like a forty percent race, and I remember that one because everybody's like,
0: like, "Christ, like,
1: yeah." Which (laughs) talk about like that was just poorly managed. I think what a weekend, man! That was fun. It was a great weekend, but a great weekend for the Cup Series for sure. But there's going to be a Mickey mouse narrative around that because some people are like, Oh, well, if Colden win that Mickey mouse race, he wouldn't have even made it there. And it's like, yeah, whatever. So yeah. Everyone
0: um, has excuses. Yeah. He got there. He got it done. He came through. Correct.
1: And at the, it's just, it's funny though, because for all three series this year, there's a Mickey mouse narrative with, with all three champions. And I hate that. God, I hate when they, I hate when we give them those narratives, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It yeah. sucks. You don't ever want to have that. The one
0: thing I will say about it, though, that, that I, I pointed out um, that night, like, like I said, just keeping up with it online. And then I put like a video out where I was just saying it, it's good because at least SHR got something because they didn't do dick in cup. Uh, yeah. So at least SHR has something to to, to hang up on the wall from 2023 they, they got a championship in the xfinity series at least and
1: they away with nothing they put both their drivers in victory lane too riley Herbst was arguably hotter than anybody at the end of that season dude the Vegas the so cut the with him. the teammate yeah and he almost won homestead too so i mean in the last three or four races like stewart haas racing in, in the xfinity series just owned similarly Vegas, to no. what ryan blaney did in Cup.
0: Yes. And, and going ahead, I guess, and moving from Xfinity cup, you know, I, we were, I was on playback.tv slash garage guys. Great place. You should check it out. Um, I was on there. I did. We didn't stream the race because of the new NBA deal that they have, but I did a uh, kind of like a, you know, a watch party deal, I guess, similar to what you did. I didn't know you did anything for trucks. So I guess something similar to that. And we did that on Sunday, that cup race, provided some of the most edge of my seat moments and and i think what it really boiled down to was the battle between chastain and ryan blaney that was the most exhilarating thing that i've ever watched also the scariest thing that i ever watched holding the 34 to 1 championship ticket because in my in the back of my mind in those small moments Realizing that Chastain did not give a shit, a part of me was so happy and just so excited because I was like, holy shit, look at this dog right here. He doesn't care that he ain't in the championship for he's running his race. And that was badass. But on the other side, Ryan was getting frustrated and you could hear it on the radio and you could tell by his driving. And that shit scared the fuck out of me. Dude, because, it was
1: so unwarranted, man, dude. But it was it was, so it was
0: wild. It was wild, man. That, that it was only like thirty seconds, maybe thirty seconds to a minute. It was like one of the most memorable things of that race to me. Um, it w- was just that battle, and then the fact that we For got long. a driver that that uh we 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 we've been talking about that right, like how this is going to be the year that a driver that's not in the championship wins the race. And we get a championship winner. And a lot of people are talking about how they don't feel like Ryan Blaney deserves it, and they don't feel like all this stuff. And and I've been hearing a couple of video clips out there. Like, the same thing with Cole Custer. Homeboy did what he had to do to get what he needed to get. And that's exactly what happened. It was just a different result. He didn't win the race. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion for a lot of people is coming from is because people aren't getting this full satisfaction of, like, like, oh, the driver has to win the race to win the championship almost, you know? So it's like everybody understands it, but, like, it, it's just there's something about that that doesn't really register with people. So I feel like, like, for for me, that was great, registered wonderfully. But at the same time, it, it did provide an amazing element to that race. And then the fact that we had Kevin Harvick running as well as he was running, um, you know, and then just kind of like the, the Chris Bell hitting the wall early on, like one of the the wildest M night Shyamalan twists that could have ever occurred. Like, I don't, I, if anybody says they saw that coming, they're a liar and you should question everything about them. Yeah. It was was so random. God wasn't.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a brake rotor failure. No one else had one the entire race. And ironically, it happens the one week. First of all, C-, C. bell says the first time it's ever happened in his career that's literally hundreds of races over a span of nine years between trucks xfinity and cup and it happened to be the one race where we had the one hour practice session like you have the most amount of time all year to potentially diagnose issues mm-hmm. that you wouldn't get in a normal race weekend where we have the gimmicky 15 minute practice off the truck kind of deal you know so like yeah, I mean, that, that sucked because I think there's a chance Christopher Bell had a better car. I think there's a chance. I don't know for sure, but I think C. Bell was better than William Byron and he was better than Kyle Larson. Um,
0: yeah, it would have been
1: Bell and Blaney. It would have been Bell
0: and Blaney hands down. And like, and, and I built a, I had like one DFS lineup that I built for that race and it had Bell and Blaney in it. So it went to complete shit as soon as he wrecked. Um, but yeah, I, I I saw that too. Like just from looking at the data that we had and everything like that. I it didn't I mean I had already felt like it probably wasn't gonna be a Larson year, but I did question Willie B. I did have that question in my mind. But then when he got the poll, I don't know what it is, but there's just something it, it's like the I've only bet on like one or two drivers in my life that had the pole in a race, and it's usually road courses and then Ross Chastain in Nashville. That was the like the only times I think I've ever done it but usually if if there's a driver that I'm I have in question and then he gets the poll I'm kind of like turned off from it
1: in a weird way I don't know it's just a process I, I just had Byron top three I was I, I, I talked about it I was like you know what on this podcast I was like I just I feel like William Byron he's just not gonna get passed by three guys i I, I thought about it in my head and he was like he was almost even money for a top three and I was like, man He's just not going to get passed by three guys. It's just not going to happen. And he finished fourth because fucking Ross has staying, which is like you talked about how people kind of that idea of, um, you know, people not really wrapping their head around someone that's not in the championship for winning the title or, or winning the race. Right. And then your champion finishes second or third or whatever, which like, dude, as a fan, I went like, how many years? Uh, about thirteen or fourteen years watching and having no dissatisfaction, unless it was Jimmy Johnson winning the title. But I didn't have dissatisfaction with the guy winning the championship not winning the race, right? And mm-hmm. now this playoff deal has made it where like that's the norm. And I I thought it, I, I I'm shocked that Ross Chastain won that race. Shocked. I just didn't see it coming and. Um, it' very unprecedented when you look that was at the fact that that was the first time since the playoff format was implemented in 2014 that a non-playoff guy won the race, and uh, it's just it just adds to kind of the layers of like my issue with the playoffs entirely, and the Blaney deal is part of it. The Blaney deal with his bickering and his upset, his frustration with Ross Chastain because. This happened with Elliot Sadler a few years ago in the Xfinity series when he lost the title to William Byron at Homestead. Ryan Priest was in a Joe Gibbs racing car, was really fast, contending for the win, and Elliot Sadler just trashed him and argued with him at, at the end of the race and said he's a bum. or He may not have said bum, but he was fucking pissed because he felt like Ryan Priest costed him a title by being in his way. And I, I think this playoff deal with a Championship four is kind of toxic because I don't think that the championship four guys are should be more entitled to the racetrack than everybody else out there. And Ross Chastain reminded us of that in a sense of I'm not gonna get out of the way just because you're racing for a title. Like I want to fucking race and win for myself, my team, my sponsors, my fans makes a difference in how much money i make makes a difference in where i finish in the point standings like and and when blaney was getting upset a i agree with you i was like dude this is scary he could take himself out by being so pissed and b i felt like it was unwarranted which it was still super entertaining it was unwarranted because of of the entitlement factor in my head it's like it doesn't give you the right to just slam into Ross and wreck him, which he didn't, but he did hit him pretty hard. There's a Martin and Truex I,
0: moment. It was, it was like, he needs to get out of my way because, yeah. I'm, because I'm here. And I mean, and I, and I see that and that's real. And, and I feel like that shed a little bit of light. And like, like I have nothing against Blaney. I lo- love Blaney with all my heart. I really do. Great guy. But at the same time, he's not the only driver. I feel like that would have thought that way. And that really just kind of exposes the um the the headspace of of like people that are in the championship for I guess like because I don't think he's the only driver that would have thought that way
1: um and it's so. also raw I think it's also like ross's not just the way he drives because Denny Hamlin has said this before that he's like the best in this aero package he's the best at blocking air he's so mm-hmm. good at just. Being like what we would think of Joey Logano just blocking the air, you know, which the dog,
0: dude, like he's a dog, and he went out there and proved it. And like you, for anybody that talks shit or got mad about Chastain for that, like you don't like
1: racing. But you got to think too, though. Oh, absolutely agree. But you got to think too, like his character, like Blaney's thinking about. It's like oh fuck, it's Ross. Like Ross could have just raced him completely normal, like been less aggressive, and Blaney still would have been annoyed because it's like here. Of course, I got to I got to deal with Chastain. I got to deal with this guy who's caused a lot of <laughs> caused a lot of problems before. He's been in the center of a lot of arguments and on track issues, and and this whole deal is not a driver problem. Like I talk, I say driver entitlement in these moments. Still not a driver problem. It's a format problem. Like it's it's always it always comes back to what NASCAR has implied that they want. Which is this sporadic, chaotic, um, oftentimes shit show of of a of a way to crown a champion. And I'm glad the Cup race wasn't a shit show. And I'm glad Ross Chastain held his ground and didn't move over and went out and won that race because I think that kind of that set a tone, that set a new tone that it's possible, and not just that it's possible is if you want it, you really, really want it the championship four guys are absolutely beatable, which for some reason, you know, I just kind of felt like in the cup series, it just wasn't going to happen. I just felt like, well, know, I thought we kind of
0: talked about it. I thought you and I, that might've just been me and Kenny Wallace that discussed that. Cause Kenny felt the same way about it. I talked with Kenny when we had the the week where he was on and, uh, and, and sat in for you and, and he agreed. Like it, it just felt like it was time because you and I discussed Harvick winning the race and, and then, you know, Blaney winning a championship or you had Seabell uh, that we had talked about on that that pod. But it, we both were in agreement, like, yeah, we want. That. And I know, I, get, I know there's a difference between the wants and what we actually expect. But the thing for me is, is, is like where Ross, I feel like what this does is like we, we've we seen this this race at Homestead. We've seen this race at Phoenix. And as it's evolving with in the new era with a new car. If it does move to another track, it's like that's just going to open up another can of just saying like, okay, well, how is this going to play out? Because now that this is here, it's almost – I think it's a better product, and I think that the playoffs – I think this was the most exciting playoff race and Cup I have watched uh, since I started covering NASCAR. How uh, is and that,
1: that's, I can't, that's insane. Do you, you think cover. the Phoenix race was the most exciting playoff race
0: like you've this, ever watched? This race – was the most exciting one that i have watched since i started covering nascar around three years 19 yeah 2020 so this was the most exciting one that i've seen and it was all due to the fact that there was a faster car than a championship car and that car challenged the person that was in the championship and so like you said we're entering new ground new territory this is going to kind of awaken a little more of a competitive edge in these drivers. And and now that they know that this kind of a situation can exist again, it's going to make them want to find a better edge so that they don't have to deal with that. Or they're going to have to be able to drive and deal. And I mean, I could easily see someone get frustrated in a championship race now if someone's ahead of them and someone's holding their ground like Ross And then they end up wrecking or hitting the wall or having something happen. And then it's like, okay, well, what happens now? Because if we're really going to make it about racing, then we can't be trying to hurl around penalties and expect people to do anything, but get out there and run a race. So yes, I think it was the most exciting championship cup race I have watched since I started covering
1: this sport. All right. Well, you, you just changed it. Is it playoff or championship?
0: Race championship race because let's be honest, they've been pretty boring over the last few years,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So, 2022 was the Pinsky show with Logano, and and Blaney just sat behind him when he had a better car. 2021 2021 was good, um, because late race caution pit stops, but before that, it was actually a really, really good race. Denny Hamlin was running down 2020 when Chase Elliott won that, yeah. He he pulled away. I think he got the lead from Brad K with a considerable, but a considerable amount of laps left, like forty to he go. He started at the very end. Of, he went to
0: the tail end of the field for that. Yeah, run. and
1: people, that's such people. People are like, oh, he started dead last. It doesn't matter. A rocket dude. ship. That's it doesn't why matter because stages bring everybody together, and you have plenty of opportunity to pass. Like I just, it's not as, it's not as impressive to start last and win. In today's NASCAR, as it used to be, so that doesn't. Everybody's like, "Oh, he started last." Like, yeah, I mean, cool, whatever. Well, like, if you, you actually stages. start, if you actually qualified last, that's impressive. But well, if, like, if your car was bad, well, that doesn't. Yeah, ever happen. we knew you that mess the reason,
0: we knew the reason that Chase Elliott went to the rear of the field was because he had a rocket ship, because he failed inspection. So we knew that, and that was the year Jimmy Johnson was retiring. Knowing that he had a rocket ship, I still had money on Brad Kaye to win that race because he had the Loudon car, and that car was a, was a
1: badass. Yeah, the car. Richmond Loudon car. Yeah, yeah
0: it, was it was sick. Car. It was a great car. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, like I said, now that we're in the Gen 7 era, this is a new car. We've had two years with it. I mean, it was great. It was fantastic. And even with the Gen 6 car, like I said, I still stand my ground on that point of it. So I, I'm really excited to see how things move now because it does seem like – especially over the last year the improvements that have that have been made in this series and the the drivers that are understanding how to work with this car a little bit more that there have been slight upticks in the quality of the racing in my opinion just from my eye i
1: agree no i i I, you know people man we get we get there's so many people complaining about the gen 7 car
0: yeah i don't want
1: i think it's great yeah i'm not going to say it's great but for what as many problems as there are with it, the racing is good. It is overall. It is good if we fix a few things. And I saw that they're doing a test at Phoenix, uh, trying a bunch of different options with the, uh, transaxle, which could eliminate shifting and then underbody changes, which thank God, because Lord knows. And if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning of the gen seven era, you know, nobody hates the fucking diffuser like Dale Tanhart. I hate that piece of shit so much. Take it off. Get rid of it. Find ways to ma- the car is going to be better. The car will get better if you play with that underbody and and they're going to be doing that. So I feel really good about that. But that's going to change you know,
0: what everything,
1: I, dude. Because it's got no the fat I don't think underbody gonna, right now, right? It's completely fat, flat like an Indy car. I don't think it's going to change everything. No, I mean it's it's opening it gonna,
0: up to where so, to maybe some more air can get through there. I mean that could definitely unlock some things. It's.
1: I know, but it's not going to change everything. i it, it, still optimistic it can make the racing better, and the car is not experienced as bad of dirty air. And And if you eliminate shifting, that's definitely going to help for sure. But, yeah. you know, I, I think – the drivers won't, that's fine. But, I mean, I yeah. don't like – yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, I think that it's a pretty obvious deal that they, they, they're they all in favor of. But when talking about the Gen 7 car, it's like people forget – that between 2019 and 2021, the intermediate package we had was the most disgraceful, abomination-style racing in the history of NASCAR. Sucked. In my opinion. And it was so bad. It was so bad. If you had the fastest car, you were going to win the majority of races unless the restart happened. It was like, F1, kind of, in a way. Yeah, with because in 2021, and this isn't disrespecting Kyle Larson... But he did unload with an amazing race car compared to his competitors. With and you also had no practice and no qualifying. But the point here is between 2019 and 2021, where they introduced the 550 horsepower package with a massive spoiler, high downforce. You're full throttle 90 percent of the time at your bigger race tracks. That's disgraceful. It's beyond disgraceful, and that's what that racing was, in my opinion. So we. Even with this Gen 7 car, I just want to remind you guys of that. Because even with this Gen 7 car's problems, it's monumentally better, monumentally better than what we had between 2019 and 2021 at the majority of racetracks on the schedule. Now, that car was good at super speedways. No question. It was definitely better at super speedways. And it was better at short tracks. So, it's up to you to decide what if you think that exchange is not good enough for the Gen 7's performance. If you think now that the short track package is, isn't as good, the road course racing hasn't been as good, you know, maybe that's your opinion on if you think that exchange isn't a big enough flip when it comes to the difference between the package now and the package between 2019 and 2021. In my opinion, there is nothing worse in NASCAR than that intermediate package that we had for three years i mean insane that we had it that long it blows my mind that we had that it it, it was as i called it i remember calling this on on the podcast years ago it it was an abomination of god it was the biggest piece of shit racing will ever have in nascar in my opinion and for a couple of those a lot of money though really we really, won a lot
0: of money in that time. I for say. sure.
1: And it was easier. A it was a different time back then. But it, I was more doom and gloom around that time, thinking, like, dude, we're in trouble if we stick with this. And we say the Gen 7 race car has been just miles ahead of that package when it comes to the majority of the races on the schedule, which is intermediate racetracks. So, um, yeah. I but- want to remind everybody of that who bitches all the time about this car.
0: I agree. That's what I was going to say. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and, and to add to that, so we, we talked about a, a big pro right there, in my opinion. I think you agree. I, I do want to talk about kind of an inconsistency a little bit. And maybe, and, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. So uh, after the race, you know, obviously the, the Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, they kind of got into each other, um, you know, tapped each other, whatever. Uh, there wasn't a, there wasn't like a, a result to where like Ross hits the wall and like loses from a hit or like Blaney did, but Blaney in the press conference, uh, did come out publicly and say that he hit him on purpose, uh, whenever he did the little bump and run move, uh, on him, but wasn't able to actually clear Ross. Uh, he got in front of him for a bit, but wasn't able to clear. Um, so he admitted that. You know, earlier in the season, Denny Hamlin intentionally wrecked Chastain and then came out and talked about it and said he did it on purpose. Um, And and so I guess is the line there just the fact that, like, it was the actual wreck or or is admitting that you intentionally hit somebody, uh, I guess, warranted for that same punishment?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, look, I think there is a massive difference between – moving somebody and intentionally and admitting that you move somebody and admitting that you intentionally took somebody out, which is what Denny did, which I still think it's horseshit that he got in trouble for that. Yeah. Um Based upon what the, like the inconsistencies, you know, there are still between all three NASCAR National Series, like we've been pretty inconsistent overall. The most consistent thing that's happened actually is this year with the right rear hooks, you know, and I'm glad anytime anybody does a right rear hook or it's just such a dangerous move. Like, yeah, they should be suspended race
0: no matter who it is, you know?
1: So we've had two over the last two years, right? Bubba in Vegas and then chase and Denny and Charlotte. And they both sat out for a race, which is right. That's a good consistent thing. And I hope continues to happen differences. Carson host has done that a few times and I don't think he's been suspended. So, you know, they're, I call it a consistency, but down the line between all three national series, I guess it's really not. But in this spot, I'm not bothered that Blaney said, yeah, I hit him. Because there's a big difference between hitting somebody, bumping him out of the way. And what did Denny do in spring? He just put him in the wall. Like he just said, "Yeah, he said, he's coming with me. And he just went up and walled him, which I don't know. I mean, he didn't intentionally wreck him though like like a Chase Elliott or a Bubba Wallace, you know, so
0: Yeah, Chase, what we got
1: turned into his rival
0: with the intention of spinning him out. This is Denny on Chastain. Um it's a, it's when it, it's within NASCAR's right to penalize a driver for doing this especially when it wasn't like Hamlin and Chastain were racing for the win. On the other hand, aggressive physical racing is part of NASCAR's DNA. Da, 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 da.
1: Correct. So, uh, I agree. I,
0: I guess that yeah, he um it was more of a policing issue. I'd have to go and look at the actual. I'm trying to read and see if they'll just kind of
1: spell it out, but I don't think they are here. But here's the thing too is Chase like the I, th- I kind of these are these conversations are interesting and we're we're going to have them more and more like because they're storylines and they they mean something, but NASCAR as long as i've been watching which is 20 cognitively for 22 and a half or 23 years is nascar is the most inconsistent entity of all time and and that might be an exaggeration but they are completely structured based off of consistency, inconsistency and i just think they always will be and and that's where these issues come up and it's just at the end of the day, it is a waste of breath because we'll, we'll have these talks again in 2024 when similar shit happens and there's contradictions in how they rule things. You know, it, it's just NASCAR, man. They're so inconsistent and they've always been that way. They it's just unique. That way, it, it, you know? It's
0: so many unique type of things, right? Like it, it, it just, it, there's so many like similar things that can happen in racing, but it's just, like, I guess more of, like, what the outcome is is the deciding factor of how something's issued.
1: Which like, is, like, the definition of a judge. It's judgment, right? It's if, judgment, if you leave it, yeah. Yeah, if it's if there's gray areas, it becomes judgment. And NASCAR has a lot of gray areas, as they always have. So the more judgment, raw judgment you have from human beings, the more inconsistencies you're going to have. And I think in the, this case that you brought up, it's – it's more black and white to me, but it doesn't, you know, it's going forward in the past and the present. Like it's, it's always, we're always going to have situations like this where people are going to be on both sides avidly. Right. So,
0: yeah. I mean you know. that creates fan base and that creates, you know, more polarization. And and, and I think that that's, uh, that, that's what, it's good. That's all good things for the sport. And the fact that Ross comes out after he says, I know he's mad and I don't care. Like that's, it, it's just little things like that, right? Those little sound bites, little things. It, it, no, nobody got, um, you know, nobody got, I guess, fucked. It, it's just, I'm not even going to worry about the, what if part of it. It's just the fact that of him admitting it. And then how Denny admitted something and it was just went in a different way. So I think, yeah. And I think consistent ways to, uh, be able to rule these things judge these things but yeah ultimately it, I, I think it will be just the ups and downs because like you said the gray areas are just
1: rampant yeah and i think um oh fuck i lost my thought what was i saying it's um it is what did it what, what the fuck was like don't don't hold on let me think for a second I'm gonna remember my thought. Just you can just time me. Time me how long it takes. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Okay, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. if you're listening, you're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to deal with this for a minute. I I really had a good thought, and I'm not gonna go away from it. Talking about Denny or Blaney, mm-hmm. talking about Chastain. Hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. What was that thought? You son of a bitch. The what ifs. Uh, nope. Uh, Blaney. <laughs> Blaney was complaining. Right. Ross right. Chastain won the race. Mm-hmm. He was fine. Didn't care. Didn't give a shit. He said, "Okay, whatever." Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, fine. I'm giving up. It's fine. All right. That's
0: okay. Hey, Never thanks. Mind. Thanks. Thanks for. Thanks for. That was a new segment. We we're trying some ASMR. Yeah,
1: um, I'm. I'm. I promise, I'm not under the influence of any type of
0: drugs, no, alcohol,
1: I, Viagra. You know, none of those things. No Viagra. For, no. Yeah.
0: Never. Um. So yeah, I will just say that uh, that was one thing that kind of popped up into my mind from this, and uh, yeah, we'll just continue to see how that shakes out as the 2024 season starts. Another thing. Uh, that I thought was very interesting in the cup race, something that I found out uh, going more into the week. So I did the Garage Guys Report. uh will be up on YouTube. Um, once you're listening to this, you should be able to go on YouTube and find it. Uh, but uh, we have a uh, the hotline, the Garage Guys Report hotline, where race fans call in, 919 Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, and we had super NASCAR fan, Andrew. Just got to give him a shout-out. Uh, Discord staple the Zen Daddy, uh, he called in the show and and dropped this statistic that I hadn't personally heard, but after speaking with you, I learned that it was kind of everywhere, uh, about this, uh, this weird paradox where on Kevin Harvick's first cup start in 2001, uh, Jeff Gordon in the 24 car got the pole, Steve Park in the one car got the win. We close out Kevin Harvick's career on the retirement race. The 24 car, William Byron, gets the pole. The one car of Ross Chastain wins the race. Also, multiple paradoxes to dive into. Um, Not only that, but in the Xfinity race, Cole Custer, Sheldon Creed finished 1-2. Both car numbers 0 and 2. When you go back and look at the 2001 Rockingham Bush Series race, the double zero and the number two, Kevin Harvick was driving, finished 1-2. Ty Norris was involved with the- You got to give Todd
1: Bodine the shout out, though. Todd Bodine won the race in the zero zero. 0
0: Odd Bodon, Mr. Bodon and double zero. I remember him in the Tabasco car. We'll say that. Also didn't know. Uh, so thank you. Um, also, uh, Ty Norris being with the one car now and then. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, the fact that the Pennzoil sponsorship uh, was later passed to Kevin Harvick in the 29. And then now the Bush sponsorship is being handed back to the one through Harvick. So kind of a weird, there's like three things right there, like a Trinity of paradox. Uh, and, and I have to believe that Dale senior has something to do with it. I can't deny that at all. And I, and I don't know why actually I do know why it's just because of how it all transpired, but it's almost like a perfect circle. He's the last Winston cup driver to leave out of the series. He took over for Dale senior. It was a DEI car. It's kind of like DEI now in a way because it's still the one car and it was been handed down from them to chip and now to Justin with track house. It's, it's such a wild world that we live in. And, and I think that this is just one of those moments where you got to just say like, like it the, the, the was the, it was the ultimate send off of just space and time through Dale
1: senior. It's crazy, dude. Like, Here's another one of these moments. It's probably the 7 millionth time where I say, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say blank. And in this case, I know I've preached this so many times about how NASCAR is so ironic and there's so much insane juju that floats around. Typically, it's with Daytona or Dale Earnhardt. And we added another layer to this when it comes to something with Dale Earnhardt has this ripple effect of crazy irony and juju, right? Like uh, talking about Austin Dillon, let's RCR wins the Daytona 500, February 18th, 2007, and then February 18th, 2018. And Dale Earnhardt won the 1998 Daytona 500 on February 18th, 1998. So RCR, all three of the Daytona 500 wins since 1998. or with that car, the three car driven by three different drivers was on the same date. It's crazy, weird, crazy, weird. And that, that, that's a really good one. I think even with the first time they brought the three car back with Austin Dillon, it gets the pole for the 2014 Daytona 500. And then that race just happens to be won by Dale Earnhardt Jr. That one also a good one that I thought was weird. Um, my, Michael McDowell winning the Daytona 500. There's the ripple effect implication of Mikey combining Michael Waltrip with Dale Earnhardt because, like Michael Waltrip, Michael McDowell broke an insanely long winless streak in the Daytona 500. Also, Trevor twenty Bain years put into there somewhere too. I, I forgot.
0: I remember that one now. Like it was. Well, like, I don't know the significance. fanned out. It was like Just, the exact amount of years between Waltrip, Bain, and McDowell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not as much Trevor Bayne as it was every 10 years you were having a a basically a, a not a one hit wonder in all of them because Mikey wasn't a one hit wonder and uh McDowell proved this year he wasn't a one hit wonder. But yeah, like that breakthrough of a guy that which in Trevor Bain's case was crazy because it was man, it was like his fifth start. He was so young and he never won another race. But no, I mean that's another one. Um And not including Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt, I guess, which still feels like it gravitates around Daytona more than anything. Yeah. With um, when Joe Gibbs, one of his sons, JD Gibbs, died. Joe Gibbs Racing goes on to finish one, two, three in the Daytona 500 in 2019, 2018 or 2019. One of those, yeah, 2019. Um, And then Rick Hendrick, year he was like really, really sick, like almost died. Hendrick Motorsports. I think that was nine, 1997. All three Hendrick Motorsports cars finished one, two, three. Um, and I know there's there's more that I've talked about at some point that I'm not getting to, but there's just so many crazy, weird moments like what this one is, and this one's crazy because it has layers. You know, it has layers with the sponsorship with Ty Norris being yeah. a, a part of both. Deals like getting back to EI as track house at the end of the, at the end of the line and the one car winning both times. It is so weird that that paradox is crazy and it just adds more fuel. And honestly, you guys, if you listen to this pod, remind us like tweet at us and, and tell us a very ironic, crazy NASCAR juju instance where there's something similar like this. Or something similar like this happened because I know there's more and I'm not thinking about them all at the top of my head, but um, I want, I
0: literally the the first thing that I thought about when it came to this was like, it made me want to take this off season to like just really dive in to like the past and see how many things uh, can are connected to things that are happening now. I feel like that's something no one's really done. And if someone has done that and they're listening to this show, and you've got kind of like a nice little archive put together, holla, it's your boy, because I'm all about this shit. Like Ron Caps would be proud right now. We're getting metaphysical with NASCAR, and so the thing for me with it that that I have to look at now is like you kind of bringing some light with those those things that that have occurred in the past, and you saying a lot of it is around Dale Senior. It, it it it's kind of weirdly clear to me right now that you know a lot of people will still say to this day like nascar died when dale died it it, it almost if you want to perceive it this way you could it, it's almost like these little hints and signs of like showing that how much of a grip senior still has on this series and like it, it's almost like with this one having these these big layers it, it's like him leaving his mark constantly in a way like because of just how powerful his, you know, his his face and his branding and and everything about that guy, that was running in NASCAR when it just peaked to the mountaintops, like it's like his way of of just like smirking, in a, in an energy way. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, that's pretty well said. I agree. I agree that right now on my computer, I pulled his face up just to look at him while I was talking about it. He's just yeah. Like, no, I love
1: that too. I um I agree, man. There, it's just that juju, and like I said, it's it's. I feel like more often it's at it's centered around Daytona, but no, I mean this is like it's undeniably weird, undeniably weird. And the crazy thing is, it's always, um, it's always ways that you just never expect. You know, like we I, we talk about this in the betting world. Like this is a very big topic and how we place bets sometimes is like what's going to be that next superstition type of moment that hits and we never hit those we never fucking hit them and then they they still happen in the weirdest ways that you could never even fathom until it actually occurs like this you know like how could you sit here and be like oh well like, like let's let's rewind to friday and you're placing bets or whatever, and you're gonna be like, hmm, I'm gonna bet on William Byron to win the poll and Ross Chastain to win the race because that's what happened in Kevin Harvick's first start, and that's what's gonna happen in his last. You know what I mean? Like, right there can't be a single person that fucking did that. Oh, no, <laughs> dude.
0: But it's, like, it's, god damn, if they did, that would be like I wanna be friends with that person. Oh, like, yeah, guy, for sure. You know,
1: and yeah, if you can yeah, I want to look at script Phoenix,
0: that, you know. I, I, that's what I would have went to if I was going to try to think that like, it's so basic. Right. And it's like, it's like, okay, well let's go to his first race at Phoenix and his last race at Phoenix. You know, like if you, I, I will do little things like that sometimes, but like on this level of it, like, fu- like, fuck no dude. Like that is it, And it's, I love stuff like that. Like, I love it because it's like, it's just showing you like the universe is talking. Like, oh, I, real. Yeah, I
1: did want to say real quick, I was, I was wrong on one thing. and uh, The 1998 Daytona 500 was run on February 15th when Dale Sr. won. But the other two, the only other two that Dale Earnhardt's car has won in were both on the same date, uh, 11 years apart, which is crazy. Still weird. Uh, Our guy, uh, Jay Pinnell,
0: I believe, he was working with RCR at that time. I remember talking with him at the Daytona Hooters, earlier this year and he was on the crew with them and he told me about that And i'm just remembering him showing me the photos and saying about like how that correlated so i think that's really amazing oh i have another
1: one i have another one it's not dale earnhardt related but it happened this year the 28 car has been basically dormant in a competitive role in all of nascar in the past since uh ricky rudd and Ricky. the last time the last race Ricky Rudd won was at Sonoma, uh, in uh, two thousand two, and then the twenty eight car, fucking Eric Almarola in a in a Ryan Sieg racing, Cartoon Network motherfucker looking twenty eight, outduels AJ Allmendinger and Kyle Larson and wins at Sonoma, and I think it was the first time the twenty eight car had won since that Ricky Rudd win twenty years before that or twenty one years before that. So that's another one it's like, how, who could have predicted that? You know, who would have thought about that, that kind of stuff just happens. That's yes. that one to me is a crazy one because, you know, just given the circumstances, you're not like, Oh, Eric, I'm rolling this 28 car is going to go out here and win at Sonoma. Like when has he ever done a road course? Well, right. And well, he goes did, out and wins did, it. Did Ricky and Rudd win at Sonoma? Was it the last win he had or something like that? That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. You didn't okay. hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I missed that part, but I was like, it's got to be what he's talking about. Because, like, without that key part
1: of the story, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think I said it pretty clearly, didn't I?
0: Did you I not? probably did. it. it was just like, I'm just, I got to take Dale senior. Were you in the
1: zone? Thing, or... Oh, today, that's fair.
0: Locking yeah. eyes with that, dude. You're just taking my soul one little piece at a time. Um, that's, but, that's, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I uh no, I yeah, th- those kind of things now. It's like that's what I want to put a little bit of time in in the off season, I guess. Like I'm going to like maybe like take an hour out of my week. I'm just going to sit at the computer and I'm going to like look up shit like that. And we got the NASCAR Classics thing now where you can go to all those old races. Um Oh, they're good, man. They're so yeah, good. dude. I watched uh last weekend. I watched like the 07 Brickyard uh 400. The here Kitty Kitty. Tony Stewart, great time. Um, well, I was in Indy just watching that one. It was just fun, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do some more of that stuff. Who knows? We might do it on playback as well and have some nights where we just watch some old races. We, I know we, have you and I have talked about that. We just haven't gotten together to do it. So we might have some time, um, to try to put some of that together. But yeah, I just thought that that was an amazing and, and uh, just a, an awesome way to, to roll out uh, I saw Max Verstappen gifted Kevin Harvick one of his own racing helmets, and he immediately gave it to Kiel. <laughs> like, you know, I was just like, yeah.
1: that's good. Yeah, dude, and Kevin Harvick kind of took a shot at F1. Oh, I love that, dude. That like, people have been asking me uh, on some of the other live streams, like, did you cry when Harvick was done? You know, at the end, and um, somebody said over under like eight tears or something. And I was like, I think I actually, cause my dad came down and we watched it together. And I think I had like four legit tears and and then the rest is just kind of, you're just red eyed and kind of trying to hold it in, I guess. But it wasn't that it wasn't super duper mega emotional because, you know, for me like that pour of emotion was when Jeff Gordon hung it up, like when he was getting out of the car in 2015, just lost it. Like I, I will never ever lose it again. Um, but Kevin Harvick's interview was just, uh, it, it, it was mind-blowing to me. I've just never seen Kevin Harvick act that way. And he's just so moved on in this role of not just a broadcaster, but as he presented it, like, we got to market these guys better, is, is what he implied in, in his whole interview. Not the whole interview, but in a lot of what he said to Kim Kuhn at the end of that race was like, these guys are rock stars, and I want to show the world that. Fuck and yes. I fucking love that he said that. Like that was, I, I couldn't believe it. I've never heard Kevin Harvick talk like that, and, and that's just like his transition. It's not just going to be being a broadcaster. It's the understanding of we gotta, we gotta, got a product. To we watch. gotta get these guys out there to the world like they used to be, you know. So I, I really, really I like that. He and, said that. Yeah, you that's just amazing. Yeah, you got to go watch it. You would really, really like it. And he mentioned F1 in that comment saying like, these guys are no different than your F1 guys that are worldwide. uh, Which I don't want to get into that, but he just basically said like, these guys are no different than F1 guys that are worldwide superstars, rock stars, right? Like he implied that with a quick little comment, kind of took a shot. And obviously I fucking love that, you know, netflix subscriber netflix racing series whatever um so i mean that was really cool with, with kevin harvick and um it kind of took the emotion away from me immediately because i was like whoa that's like usually like at the end of the, these guys careers they're having like man i just so thankful for everybody and and they just leave it there they kind of leave it at that like the emotional sentimental part but kevin just started talking about the next step you know but also I got to give credit to Kim Coon. Kim Kim Coon asked phenomenal questions in that interview. As she's done a few times this year. That was very well very well done by by Kim Coon at the end of that and yeah, um I don't know. I I really feel like I, I got to mention like Dakota Drake, um Buddy pulley and, and all the other Kevin Harvick diehards out there cuz I feel for you because I felt a lot of that but not to the magnitude that a, that day one Kevin Harvick, fan, Kevin Harvick fans would feel because he wasn't my day one. He was he, he was there, and he was always one of my favorites, primarily because my dad loved him, you know, uh, or at least early on, and I always, I always liked him because my dad always rooted for him. Like, when I clinged on to Jeff Gordon and Dale Jr. as a child, not understanding the implications of, you know, Dale Earnhardt's death, uh, my, my dad was one of the people that could not cling on to Dale Jr. He could not do it. Uh, as a diehard Dale Earnhardt fan, he could not cling on to Dale Jr. And he clinged on to Kevin Harvick immediately. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's so He, weird, which, right? he ended up loving Jr. at the end. But like, or he always rooted for Dale Jr. He just could never cling to him like, like he did nothing close to what he had with Dale Sr. But Kevin Harvick had this just... Balls to the wall tenacity and psychopath uh, personality about him that could flip a switch. And he, he, it's almost like he took like Dale Earnhardt had a lot of on track problems, didn't have a lot of post race scuffles or confrontations. You know, he was pretty level headed in that regard. It, it, Kevin Harvick took that to the next step. Like he had the on track issues sometimes, um, not like what Dale Earnhardt did. But the off track stuff out of the car, Kevin Harvick could flip a switch and turn to a fucking psychopath in the matter of moments and be ready to swing and go head to head with anybody. And that's what my dad loved about Kevin Harvick early on. And then he became a Hall of Famer. So.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me because, for one, just just saying, like, my dad was the opposite. He was like, I'm not going to pull for Harvick because he's not, like, that. he's replacing Dale. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way he looked at it. So he went all in on Dale Jr. when I was a kid. And, like, so he was just constantly buying me the Dale Jr. stuff and whatnot. Meanwhile, I'm, like, low-key just, like, watching Home Depot Orange. But at the same time it's it's like Kevin Harvick was talking somewhere and I can't remember who it was to or what it was, but I heard him talk about how some of those things were kind of like staged that he kind of staged some of that stuff early on. He was like talking about like, you know, I look back now and like, I don't want you know It's weird. Cause you know, your kids can stumble upon these things on YouTube. I think he was talking about when he pushed Brad K into Jeff Gordon Um and he was that like,
1: one felt. Hold on, where we we need? I, I need to find this because I've yeah. always been so intrigued. That was twenty fourteen so, Texas.
0: He basically wanted to take the story. He wanted to make the storyline shift away from his finish, and into something else because he was just really pissed off about his finish in that race. Um, I don't remember where I saw this. Oh my god, when game, did I you saw it? Last this? it was last night. Uh, and I, I bet it
1: was Dale Jr. download then. Must it was he just he just went back on there.
0: It's possible, but yeah, he talks about that and he talks about how he wanted to kind of like shift the narrative a little bit. So hearing you talk about how we got to market these guys better, Kevin Kevin sees it like he understands it, and that makes me so happy because it's like more the more people we have. Like Denny's already on board with it. Now you got Kevin on board with it. Like it's coming. Like the NASCAR resurgence, like across the world, is coming, dude. Like, cause these guys are are just like, fuck it, we're gonna take it in our own hands, and that's the kind of work ethic I feel like is what started it up with Dale Senior and Jeff Gordon in the beginning. They took it into their own hands. Well, you know, he can drive this thing, and that's what's happening now.
1: Kevin, people forget Kevin owns an agency of talent, uh, yeah. like athletes. So, like, he has some more business savvy experience when it comes to to this exact conversation i do want to go back what you said about kevin saying staging you know the 2014 one i i I totally believe that was the i couldn't believe when that happened i was like why did harvard just do that that was that felt so staged when that happened at texas so now i'm gonna have to go when i go i'm probably going home to see my parents this weekend Me and my dad are gonna have to. It was on Stacking Pennies, Stacking Pennies podcast. Oh, really? Uh, Okay, okay.
0: This dropped nine months ago on the Stacking Pennies podcast with Corey LaJoy.
1: Oh, Um, interesting.
0: That's where I saw it. So, there's if you just Google search like Kevin Harvick stage Brad Keselowski, is the first
1: clip that comes up. Okay. That's where I wanted to – I just wanted to make sure he didn't say that about the early stuff because that wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of, like, Harvick fights because
0: – But the fact talk that about, that tying into how he's ready to market things. Like, that's the thing. He's got a little bit of that showman in him and plus, too, him wanting to, like – it just shows that he's he has a massive
1: awareness for how to shift a story. Well, yeah, and I was just going to – I was going to have a problem if that was referring to – like what the shit that he was doing in the early mid 2000s because My life like, to me a that lie. was oh god yeah right like you don't dude you don't go after Ricky Rudd in uh, at Richmond in 2003 Richmond 2003 uh, you know, the Russo out, out of a character dude like yeah no and then what he did with Greg Biffle was absolutely over the line psychopath yeah. what he did with Greg Biffle at Bristol stared at him series. Got in his face with them He devils. jumped over <laughs> his car. He jumped over his car to get to him, and then yeah, I mean the jump over the car is the craziest part. He's using but, psychological yeah, I mean like warfare on that motherfucker, dude. <laughs> uh, dude, like I just man, man, I, I I'm gonna miss him. I know he didn't have the Chase Elliott one was the last big one he had, which was also a very iconic one. It was very entertaining, especially being there it was insane, insane. Uh, when we were both there. But you know, it's I'm glad. Another thing, too, adding on to this is the fact that he's sticking around being in the booth. There's so many drivers, especially like Hall of Fame caliber guys that are important to the sport, and they they, they retire and they just leave. You know, they're just gone. And they, and they have the right to do that because of what they've invested. But to me, it means a lot more, like what Dale Jr. has done, where he's just created an entire – media deal around nascar and evolved it while he's being a broadcaster to nbc like that means so much to me as a fan knowing that after he's done as a driver and where you see a lot of these guys are so exhausted from it all that they just leave you know they detach themselves and retire and relax i just respect the guys so much more that hang around and continue to make it a part of their daily life, weekly lives for the next, you know, for the second stage of their life. And Kevin Harvick's going to do that. And Harvick, honestly, like a few years ago, even last year, like I don't know if he would have stricken me as a guy that would have done that, like hop in the Fox booth and who knows how long he's going to be, be doing it for. And and the way he talked in that interview, really just solidified my thought of him in that light of, of, Wow. I fucking love this guy even more because he cares and he's not going anywhere, you know? Right. Absolutely. No. And I'm getting that pulled
0: up so I can take a look at that once we end the show here. But um, I guess really, I mean, we've really dissected a lot of everything. This has been an extra long episode and it was a very deserving extra long episode where you got to kind of hear us break down through some things and really give our full honest opinions on, this race and it's just been a really good conversation i've learned things uh and yeah uh, i mean
1: i think i have too
0: yeah and i hope that you the listeners i hope that we have
1: both learned you some things you yeah know. and also um i don't know what i was i lost my thought again that's, that's do this time two times hard. in a row dude well you know what's hilarious is i'm i'm i am gonna say this so last night me and you got on to do the pod and we ended up just talking for like five hours we yep. had a we had a screaming match about our business plans in the middle <laughs> of it, which is you had look if you care and you love each other, those are the conversations you have. And we didn't even record the pod because we spent so much time debating our plans and debating our options, and it it was very 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 much needed. Um, and that was so funny because we got done, we we're like, dude, yeah, I don't think I can do this pod right now. <laughs> oh, no, it was like super late. I was like, <laughs> our braids were just mush, and now we come back on here and the next night and i don't know how long we've gone it feels like we've gone for two hours which is a long pod typically for us which is as you said it's a good one and and the season ending one you know it feels like we can just kind of we're just kind of talking about everything you know and kevin harvick i think overall has been the the biggest central point of it all with with him leaving so it's it's necessary yeah absolutely i agree i think we're going to name this uh this
0: podcast just we're just gonna call it kevin harvick thanks thanks kevin call, yeah i
1: like that just call it kevin harvick kevin harvick yeah. Yeah. i just uh, happy was happy man at the end of that happy harvick he was fucking happy and i just love that and just appreciate the hell out of him for everything he's done and, and we'll continue to do it. um somebody tweeted at us and you had tweeted back at him
0: yeah, uh, i do want to yeah. see
1: what what was your favorite race of the year and why yeah, man. So I, I quote
0: tweeted, and I said, man, I'm going to have to really think about this. And I mean, if, I, if I'm if i going to answer this on the spot, my answer is subject. Yeah, just on
1: the spot. Yeah, I but like that.
0: On the spot, I would say that my favorite race of the year would have to be Kansas. The Kansas where Jenny Hamlin won.
1: Damn oh. it, dude. That was mine. Oh, yeah. my God. You yeah, had a okay. lot of
0: great elements. Oh. Right yeah. <laughs> Staying Noah Gregson. Five. I did not think you were going to say that. Uh, just good racing all the way to the line between Larson and Hamlin. Like it was just, it was, it was like the birth of like, oh fuck,
1: this is Gen Seven. The season just got real. Yeah, you know that's how I felt about it. But uh, uh yeah, I didn't, I didn't think you were going to say that. But I agree because hey, we well, both. <laughs> one underappreciated thought in, in the in that race. So. As I talk about, here's another one of the, I always say this quote, blah, blah, blah things, but NASCAR is so full of chaos and and a lot of that chaos stems from late race restarts and and they have huge impacts on races and they make the the ends of these races very exciting and it can absolutely sway people on what they thought of that race because of just a late race restart, even if the whole 499 miles before it was ass in this race at Kansas, you had what was had the potential to be a photo finish. I think it actually would have been if if they if Hamlin didn't Hamlin and Larson didn't come together and Larson crash. But that race was like a fifty lap run to the end, mm-hmm. and that is exactly what makes that race better. Is like it didn't need a late race restart. It didn't need the chaos. To make it a phenomenal race. To make it a classic. It was good all the way through. And you had a long green flag run to end it. Where two of the best guys in the sport went head to head. Which. And that wasn't just like. Hey he caught him on the last lap. From what I remember. Denny ran him down with like 15 to go. And they just went at it. And at it. And at it. In the last 15 laps. And still. It it, it came down to that. On the final lap where Denny got into Larson. He wrecked. Um. Phenomenal finish, like edge of your seat, s- jump out of your chair. Holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. Both guys were good sports about it too. Kyle Larson was a good sport about the thing about the contact. That's all you can ask for in a NASCAR Cup Series, any NASCAR sanctioned race. That that's a great scenario. And then you had a <laughs> then you had the fight right after, right? Like i feel like a lot of people forgot that that happened with Gregson and and Chastain. Like that was awesome. Uh, that whole race just so weird sitting in 2023 like when you think about nascar in the last 15 20 30 years it's so weird sitting here talking about how good kansas is yeah. it's just changed so much on like what tracks bring out the best in our race cars and in the cup series now it's fucking kansas uh, it's crazy and it's it can be a bad thing but i'm not going to let it be because i just appreciate the quality of the racing and the quality of the finishes we've gotten at the track over the last two or three years. And it, like you said, there's so many good elements. It was a good green flag race. Not a lot of chaos. You had your moments and then you had the fight. The uh, The way it all ended was really, really powerful and it didn't need your typical chaos late race restart to make it happen. So mm-hmm. that's, that's why I think that's the best race. No. Paul Talladega is number two to me, but. All Talladega. I was literally just thinking about that
0: race because I was like, "Did I sweep Talladega this year?" And I couldn't remember, like, in betting because I know I had I had Kyle Busch in the beginning of the year. Who won Talladega? Blaney.
1: Never. It was Blaney. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I finally got my Blaney ticket. You know, I bet the I bet those triple Bs every every Super Speedway yeah. race. You know, we were in. So. We
0: were at the NHRA race. Yes, week. correct. Oh yeah, I was going crazy. I was- uh, on it because i didn't really watch it i didn't get to watch much of it um okay well yeah that was uh yeah man he he came through dude yeah it was just uh really thinking about this year in its entirety it it, it did go by quickly it's evolution it's revelations it's uh it's, it's constantly revolving and it's changing and it's just important to not take for granted when the changes happen that line up in a good way in the beginning of what i feel is about to be a great era of NASCAR racing that's continuously growing and evolving. And, uh, we all, not just you and I, but everyone listening to this, like you, we all can be a part of that. And so it's just, uh, just making sure everybody knows when it comes to sports, we like wheels on them race cars and, uh, yeah. that's how we do it.
1: Yeah. Um, real quick. I, I, I have a way to end this, but, Okay. Before I do one more quick topic at the end, I just want to thank everybody who's listened and supported this podcast, not just this year, but in prior years as well. And I know we've we've gotten some new listeners. Our podcast has grown a lot this year and it wouldn't happen without you guys. So I'm just really, really thankful for everybody who's taken a second to listen to this podcast. Everybody that's taken time to check us out on social media, on YouTube, anybody and everybody that's spent any time absorbing any of our content and helping us be semi-successful i just want you all to know that i really appreciate you and i hope you enjoy the 2023 season and of course thanks to people we worked with whether it's hooters you know we love hooters action network playback uh and i'm sure i missed somebody but just really thankful for everybody that's come together to help us as i said be semi successful in, in this in this whole adventure so i uh, just wanted to give you guys some appreciation before we before we hang it up uh on the last recap of the year yeah I, you said it
0: best man and it's a ditto it's a ditto right there it's been a, it's been an amazing journey and an
1: amazing ride yeah i kind of i kind of fucked you over by by saying the whole thing didn't i i kind of yeah. No, no, you're okay, with
0: it? OK. As long as the words were spoke spoken, I don't really think it matters who it was coming from. It I is, think
1: one of us know. would have said it regardless. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, you yeah. got to. It's just, yeah, every year that goes by, it uh, gets a little bit better. And and that's the the main thing that I, that I love to leave with on, on anything that I do sometimes is just kind of saying, you know, share, share this with one person that you know today, like tell one person about it, you know, things like that. And, and I, the listenership that there's been a great group of guys in the discord, uh, it's free by the way, if you didn't know, uh, that, that it, it seems like camaraderie has been at an all time high in 2023. It gotten to know more of the listeners, meet, meet you guys at the tracks. And it just feels like a, uh after all the years that this has been happening and where we are right now, it's really starting to hit a stride. And it just feels good and it feels right. And I think that not only this show and, and us and the relationship with us, the you, the listeners, but NASCAR and racing as a whole. It just really feels like we're 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 all doing something together right now. We're all part of something. And it's uh and, and it's only gonna get better. So that's what I love about it. That's what I love about all you guys listening. That's what I love about doing the show with you, and that's what I love about just racing in general and being able to make it art whenever you want to. And, and and that's really what it is, man. It's at the end of the day. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of art. And yeah. uh, we all get Both to said. have a
1: little bit of a stroke of the paintbrush. Hey, um, all right, last topic. I think this is the best way to end it. One pick to win the Daytona 500. Shit. <laughs> just one guy. It's not betting odds. Who do you think right now? Who's winning the uh, Daytona 500?
0: Okay. Who's gonna win the Daytona 500? Who wants it? Who who has it been a struggle for?
1: Kyle Larson. Ooh, okay. Kyle Larson. I'm taking Chase Elliott rebound. Daytona 500 champion 2024 is Chase Elliott. All right, you you're saying the Daytona champion 20. All right, so bet Hendrick
0: at Daytona. That's that's a great way to collaborate. That right there. Yeah, I like. I think. uh think Kyle's going to be gunning for it. He was there with Ricky this
1: past year, and I also like the Chase Elliott pick, too. Oh, and yeah, look, Hendrick Motorsports. Hold on. Let me make sure that's correct. I'm thinking in my head. They have not won a Daytona 500, I think, since 2014 with Dale Jr. Oh, shit. Okay. So that would be the 10-year mark. Dale's, there's came some Dale senior? there. He came from Dale Sr. So, But that's I'm talking about for Hendrick. That's your 10-year yeah. mark. It's your 10-year anniversary of your last Daytona 500 win. I know. And it was Dale. Oh, yeah. Lincoln, you said, right? Yeah. Uh, great. Well, are we going to create another Earnhardt thing here?
0: Paradoxes are everywhere now, dude. Like it's. I, I really feel like this closed the loop at Phoenix. I feel like the loop should be closed now. And I feel like now we're entering into this new era. It's like it's all, it's all out of the way. The last Winston Cup guy is out. It closed the Dale Sr. loop almost. And now he's like smiling off, floating off. Uh, I don't know
1: what's going to what happen next, man. I really don't. Maybe the only thing I could think of, um, maybe like William Byron gets COVID or something. That That's where I'll leave it at. Wait, I'm, not, I don't, right. I'm not wishing anything on him. Maybe just like it's COVID. He's like, oh, I can't race. And then you put Jeffrey Earnhardt in the 24 car, and then he wins. Oh. Then, then it's just like the world might end. I don't know what would happen. Man, holy shit. I obviously don't want that to happen to William. But I'm just thinking of like, this is craziest shit to ever happen wow. if if it were to happen
0: with the juju stuff, hey, that's out there now though, like that's that's going in a lot of ear holes right now. so like it, I mean, that's a lot of power. If people believe it, you know, you build it, they will come. You know, there's a lot of medicine out there. Will it be? I feel like he's
1: got a strong immune system, and yeah. I yeah, obviously, like oh, if people get COVID now, they're not going to miss the race. I'm just saying like, wow, nah. it's just it's a heavy, heavy reach and it would blow up it blow up the world. You know, A flu game. You know, yeah. I, and I also don't think Jeff would be the first choice to get in the twenty four car if Byron got sick or got hurt, like Chase Elliott did or whatever. But not if he was, man,
0: it'd be something. Shout
1: Chase Elliott wins the Daytona five hundred. That's all you need to gather from this. This Al week. Larson, it's Hendrick Hendrick Motorsports Daytona five. Uh we'll be back.
0: We're we're gonna work on. Uh, we're gonna work on some content to give you guys and bring you guys here on the podcast in the off season. So we're going to put our heads together and uh, figure out a uh, game plan and uh, we'll be back. So again, you know where to follow us, you know where to find us and you know what to do this off season. Uh, Keep the conversation going, keep building NASCAR motorsports, taking it all the way to the top. This is the garage guys, NASCAR podcast. See you later.